0: I don't know if I sound good or if this is a good idea, but hello! Welcome to In the Thick of It. I'm Hunter. I'm also Spider Slash. And I am also In the Thick of It. Now, you might be wondering... Well, one, who I am. I'm Hunter. Uh, Also, what does it mean to be In the Thick of It? Well... I'm glad you asked. You see, when I say I'm in the thick of it, I'm not really in trouble. I don't really have any actual immediate problems, at least at the moment. We all have problems. But what I mean is that I'm surrounded by bullshit. Bullshit that I have constantly put off from interacting with. You see I'm a really big fan. Of buying. And collecting movies. Games. And recently books. But I haven't. Really. Interacted with them. Really at all. So. What I aim to do with this podcast. Is. Is. To go through them. Because you see, my friends, I am in the thick of it. I'm up to my eyeballs in this bullshit. I have so many games and movies I haven't fucking seen or played or whatever. That's quite frankly ridiculous. And you know, some people buy to collect and collecting's fine. Everyone has a hobby. Everyone needs a hobby. This is my hobby. But I would like to get more worth out of the things I buy and collect Otherwise, they're just really display pieces at the end of the day. So, to prepare for this podcast, I decided to watch a movie I've been putting off for a long time. A movie, to be fair, that I don't actually own, but it's still one I've been putting off seeing, so I can just cross it off the list. And a game I bought back in November... Uh to be fair, I beat this like last week, but I figured it would be good talking point for the podcast that I am making right now, and I am only two minutes and forty four seconds in. Oh, fuck me sideways, so the movie I watched I mean, I just watched it to be fair, I had to kind of stop watching it halfway through today because I had to go to work. Which I would normally be against because that's not really how you're supposed to really watch and and like engage with a movie. But it's fine with this one in a sense because I watched The Animatrix, a 2003 animated anthology film released to coincide with, I will dub it, Matrix Mania. Because I believe this came out before Resurrections. Resurrections was the third one, right? I haven't rewatched the Matrix movies in a while. I wanted to do that... Uh, when Resurrections came out. I just never did. So anyways... Uh, I watched the Animatrix because I've been putting off watching it for a while. I know it's a very important film in terms of animation, both in terms of the quality of the animation, which I'll get into in a little bit, and what it is. Uh, Because I think it's one of the most commercially successful anthology films of all time. That wasn't, like, an original thing, I believe. Because I know Robot Carnival, which is another anime anthology series, uh, like, film that came out, I know that came out, I don't know off the top of my head how successful it was, I've never seen it, personally, but I know in terms of an established franchise, the Animatrix, uh, was a, like, the biggest success, which is why you see, like, multiple, well, really, you have seen multiple companies, like, try and do it before, Uh, Batman had two of them, I think that was year one, but I can't really say, but I do know he had two of them, Uh, as did Halo, I think that was Halo Legends, Um, but the Animatrix did it first, and it's important because because it's a fucking Wachowski thing, Uh, it is canon to the Matrix, in a sense, mainly with uh, the first two shorts, which I don't really know why they were split up. They were made by the same team. I'm assuming one... Because I know some of these shorts were released online uh, through, like, the matrix the Matrix's website uh, back in 2003 or 2002. But I don't know if the first short was one on that list. I do know a few of the other shorts premiered, like, elsewhere. Like, uh, the final one, which was uh, The Flight of Os- of the Osiris, uh, premiered before uh, another movie by Warner Brothers. You see, I have the Wikipedia up just in case, just so I can get some names down and some general information, uh, because I'm literally recording this off the cuff. You'd think I'd be prepared. You'd be wrong. I'm just as prepared with this podcast as I am with the one I do with my friend Sam Stronger Kuma. Kuma and Kuma present. Please look it up and rate it. It's a good podcast. We're going to record soon. Uh, It was Dreamcatcher, by the way. Uh, That was the movie that it premiered in front of. But, uh... The Animatrix. 2003. Uh, it consists of... One, two, three... Eight shorts. Uh, nine technically because the first one, which is the second Renaissance, uh, is split into two parts. It's made by the same, like, animation team and it's the same voice actors and everything. It's just split up for some reason. Um... But that's the the main one that's canon because it's an official straight period prequel to The Matrix. It details how the machine uprising started, uh, why the machines decided to start capturing humans as a form of energy, and why the fuck the sky is black. The humans made the sky black because they thought it would kill the robots. That would kill us too. Um, it's pretty much a big example of like it showcases like humanity's like hubris and arrogance in terms of modeling something after oneself and trying to control it. Um, because you know, of course, like at the at first it be well, like it begins with a robot killing a. Like, I don't, I don't, I think it was a family. Pretty sure. And a bunch of cats. I don't know what the cats did, but the, he the, it killed the cats. But it killed, it killed a family, and the robot was put on trial. Which was interesting, because at that point, like, the robots were looked at as nothing more than tools. So... It's it's weird, even though it has an AI, humanity, even though they didn't view it as a human being with substantial amount of intelligence and free will, they still thought to put it on a trial, which I guess still says more about humanity when we're attributing much more human-based emotions to either, like, both sentient and non-sentient beings, but, you know, they I guess they rule... I think that I actually have, like, an actual, like, yeah, yeah, I have a cited quote right here. This podcast is just a mess. Bearing my fucking soul to you people. Do you understand me? Oh, my God. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. It was uh, justifying self-defense because it did not want to die. And what that causes is a rift between, you know, humanity and the robots because if a robot is able to say that, who's to say whether or not they are truly living or not? Um, but, you know, the, the prosecution, of course, argues, oh, it's a machine, it's a tool, who gives a shit? We built it, but, you know, then, you know, wars start break, breaking out. Uh, human Humans just start beating the shit out of robots. Uh, there is something I would like to say about uh, the second renaissance before we continue. It's really fucking gory. And there's, like, nudity in it. And it's weird. I don't really remember the Matrix being that violent. Like, literally, someone gets their entire, like, face ripped in half, and the fucking brain just plops out, it's... bizarre. I really didn't like that. I don't like gore, personally, it's it's not my thing, but I guess it's used to a decent effect to enhance the story and the gravity of the situation. I just don't like it. But, uh, the robots... ...basically separate themselves from humanity and they build their own little island, the Zero-One. And if I remember, sorry for the swallow, from the Matrix, that is the main city's name, maybe? Maybe? But yeah, they start making themselves look more insect-like because they're rejecting the image of their masters. All hell breaks loose... Humans decide they want to block out the fucking sun because they think that'll kill the robots. It doesn't. The robots win, but I guess it did kind of work because they're like, well, no, we need a new energy resource. Hmm. Humans seem good. So they just take all the humans. Uh, That's the second renaissance. Uh, Looks fucking beautiful. uh, Legitimately. Uh, Very, very... Uh, detailed and stylized animation, which is something I could say for every single short in this anthology series. It is, it looks so good. The majority of them were animated by Studio 4C, which if you guys I don't know if a lot of you know, like, you probably don't know who they are off the top of your head, but you've seen a lot of their works. Um, You've seen, uh, oh my god, I, I'm always so bad, they've done a lot of, they've done a few American cartoons, like, they did the, the Thundercats reboot, they did Street Fighter 4, they also did Halo Legends, actually, um, video games, they do a lot of, like, side work for games, and shit like that, they're, they're well known, I think, you don't really see them as much as, like, a featured studio. They mainly, like, help out with other stuff, but their animators do really good work, and it's completely showcased in this series. Um, it was written by, written and directed by Mahiro Maeda. I'm, uh, he's done a lot of work. I, I, I will admit I'm not familiar with his name, but, he he did the concept art and design for Mammoth Fury Road. Eh? Anyways, next is programmed by Yoshiaki Kawajiri, who did who was who is the creator of things such as Wicked City, Ninja Scroll, and Vampire Hunter D. So, uh, a well-known name, I'm sure, to my friends. Uh, my notes say it was simple but fun, but I don't remember. Was that the one with the runner? No, 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 no. That was the next one. Um, this is, so program starts out with a uh, a woman in a feudal like Japanese setting, and she's fighting uh, other samurai. And it's revealed to be a training program because like someone she loves comes in. He starts making remarks, you know, like, oh, this is your favorite training session. Uh, and then they start, you know, training, dueling. And then the guy, uh, his name is Duo, voiced by Phil Lamar Hermes from Butorama, Uh, He says that he wants to go back to the Matrix and stay there. He wants to forget everything which I remember that being an, uh, a thing in one of the Matrix sequels. Uh, I, know, I think it was the bald guy. Uh, he hated... No, he's he grew to resent, like, knowing the truth. He wanted to go back to the Matrix because ignorance is bliss, which was one of, you know, like, one of the big questions that the Matrix, you know, pointed out. Like, is it better to live, you know, in ignorance where you're comfortable... Or live in the truth where it's you know, scary, unsure, unknown, you know, stuff like that. Uh they fight, she kills him. Turns out wasn't real. Part of a training simulation. It's good. Action's fun. It's pretty alright. Uh other than that, it's uh, eh. uh world record. Uh this was the one I was thinking of earlier. Uh this was by Takeshi Koiki. Uh well the the animation director uh was Oh, he did fucking Redline and uh Lupin the 3rd, the woman called Fujin- Fujiko Mine. Uh those are beautiful works of art. Uh that that makes a lot of sense, actually, now that I think about it. But uh, Kawajiri was the writer. Uh, he, he was a protege, apparently. Uh, still by... Oh, uh, Program was done by Madhouse, uh, and World Record is done by Madhouse, so I'm assuming they work for that specific animation studio. Uh, World Record... I don't have his name on hand, because I can't keep referring to Wikipedia... It was good. Wonderful animation told a good story. I am so fucking great at writing notes, aren't I, people? Oh, God, if this podcast continues into a second episode... Oy vey. Um, so this one... So it starts off with a, a bit of narration. It's, it's explaining, you know, like, oh, some people figure out the Matrix because they are ripped into it or they have a special ability but some people find it a different way. This is about an Olympic level runner who is trying to break and keep his old record at the risk of his own body. So he starts running so fast, he starts ignoring the pain in his own limbs because he's literally tearing himself apart. So he starts going so fast, he sees the code in the Matrix and he wakes up. But the agent's... Uh, Put a stop to it. And they make sure he can't quote unquote walk again. But he stands up at the end. Because he's in a wheelchair. He mutters freedom. And then he falls to his knees. Uh, Very simple. Very short. But I think that's a fun way to show that people can access the Matrix in different ways. I think that's really neat. That was when I stopped watching it. Because I had to go to work. Because believe it or not, I have a job. So I can't sit at home all day and watch movies and play video games. But as soon as I came home, I came back in to watch our next story. Which was, funnily enough, a kid's story. Uh, this had one of my favorite looking fucking visual styles. Oh my god, it's, uh, it's near rotoscoped, but... All the backgrounds look like they're slightly painted over, like, still, like, real-world photos. And, oh my god, you guys, it just looks so fucking good. It kind of goes through the same motions that Neo went through in the first movie, where he's in a chat room, and he's starting to figure, like, some stuff out about the Matrix, but the agents catch on to him, and he starts skateboarding in his school to escape them. That fucking skateboarding chase sequence is... Mwah! Oh my God! Uh, it is so, it completely removes itself from any sense of realism and normal body shapes and goes into full surrealism with really thick, scratchy shading and wild motions. It is so frenetic and vibrant. Oh my God! It was one of my favorite sequences in the movie. Uh, and what the kid does is that he jumps off the building and he relives the dream he had where he was falling off the building. Everyone in the, everyone, you know, he knew, like, thinks he's dead. But Neo and Trinity v- still, hey, they got the voice actors. They got Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss. Uh, they, they get him out. And he's now in, what was it? Sci- it's Scion. Uh, they're in Scion. So, he escaped through his own volition. Uh, very, very nice. Very, very, very nice story. Um, It just looks so friggin' beautiful, man. Uh, that was written by the Wachowskis. That's one of two shorts that was written by them. Um, But it was directed... Well, it... Well, the story was by the Wachowskis. Uh, it was written and directed by Shinichiro Watanabe, who... He's the fucking director of Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo. So it's no wonder why it just looks stellar. Uh, he has a great eye for, like, real-world settings and unconventional, like, action things. I swear to God, if you could hear the Discord notification through my headphones, I'm gonna shit my fucking pants. Um... After that was by Koji Morimoto who Hey, you know what? He did Robot Carnival. How about fucking that, huh? Um he he was also the co-founder of Studio 4 scene He, he worked as an animator for a lot of bigger projects. Um This one is Beyond. Beyond might be my favorite. Uh, Because it's the most pleasant. And it's the most. I don't know. I thought it was really gripping. So it's about uh, a girl looking for her uh, her cat. Um, Yuki. No. Yoko is the girl. Yuki is the cat. And what they do is that they find a literal glitch in the Matrix. They go to a quote haunted house. She's led there by a group of kids. But what it is... It's a house that's not rendered properly... And it has all the wrong effects in it. Like things are floating around. There's rain. uh, There's... Newspaper particle effects... That just aren't working. And they just... Fuck around in it. And it's so much fun. And it's so like... Cool and serene. At the same time really creepy. Um absolutely helped by, by the by the visual style of uh of uh, morimoto um oh my god it just looked so good uh but you know it ends cuz the agents find it and they fix the rendering glitch and it just ends with uh yoko trying to replicate the the can that was floating and it just drops to the ground and her hand starts bleeding and it just fades on that. Oh, so simple, so good. I I just loved it for some reason. Uh, it It's either... That's either my favorite or it's another Watanabe short right after, which was a detective story. Which is fucking visually striking. It's pure black and white. It's done in the style of a of a noir story, cyberpunkish. ish I think, uh, Blade Runner, except it's very interesting, and things are actually happening in it, um, it's about, uh, that tells the story of, a detective, Ash, who's just really bored, of being a, of being a private investigator, but he gets a call, from someone on the line, looking for Trinity, so you know it's an agent, so you want know, to know why, you know it's an agent, because you've seen the, fucking matrix so you know exactly who that is you know what i clapped when i knew but he accepts the uh the mission because or really the case he's a detective not so much a soldier but he accepts the he accepts the case forgot the word already And because he's the agent Smith just sends him a shit ton of money. So he starts looking around. He finds out that three other detectives were on, were on the same case and different things happened to them. Uh, one killed himself, one disappeared, one just went fucking nuts. And he visits the one that went fucking nuts and all over the walls are written, find the red queen you know the uh the Alice in Wonderland illusion that the my Stanley Bobblehead just lost his glasses you'll have to excuse me um it's the second worst thing that's ever happened to Stanley uh so he goes into room rooms you start applying a bunch of alice wonderland related you know like hints and references because that's a lot of what the matrix did And he finds Trinity, figures out where he's at, goes into the train. Then the Smiths find them because, uh, Trinity took out a little, little, little sperm robot out of his eye, which was a thing he dreamed about. And the Smiths start, start chasing him. Uh, one thing I want to mention though, when he goes to, when he realizes where Trinity's at, he leaves in a hurry. And uh, he almost forgets his hat, but his cat throws the hat to him, which is just wonderful. It is just wonderful. That's a Watanabe thing. Uh, That made me very happy. But uh, he almost gets turned into an agent, so Trinity shoots him. Uh, She apologizes. He says it's okay. He lets her go, and he just makes one final little standoff and mutters the first thing he said in the short, which was, A Case to End All Cases. Really good. Really, really fun. I don't know if I like it as much as Beyond, but it's definitely up there. I think it looks, it might edge it out just because of its personality and its art direction, but ah, it's hard. It's hard. Beyond and and, uh, Detective Story were definitely my favorites, though. Uh, and then there is Marticulated, which means to enroll. Uh, it's done by the fucking Aeon Flux guy. Uh, I never watched Aeon Flux as a kid. Uh, Peter Chung. Um, I never watched that. It scared me because of how weird everyone moved. I remember, like, a fly getting entrapped in someone's friggin' eyelashes, and then, and like, two people, like swapping a micro trip chip by giving each other a tongue wasn't for me but uh peter chung has a really interesting you know vision and creative style and it's definitely showcased here i think it fits with the matrix given its wild type of universe i think it lends itself kind of well to chung's style but it opens If you notice, I haven't really said anyone's names. One, it's like I said, I don't want to keep relying on Wikipedia. I have notes. Two, these characters have really random-ass names. Uh, It's Alexa. There's Nonaka. There's Chiron. Is it Chiron or Chiron? Probably Chiron. Raul, Rox, and Sandro. You expect me to remember Sandro? No. No, you don't. But... Uh It tells it imposes an interesting question which apparently I think the other Matrix movies went into, but it's like I s it's like I said, I haven't watched the Matrix movies in a while. But they're capturing robots and reprogramming them against their will to join their side, which is literally almost exactly the same thing that the robots are doing to the humans. So that's a little fucked up. Uh, It kind of comes to a head a little bit later in the short, but they capture a robot, and they go into this really heady-ass dream sequence inside of the Matrix. Uh, It looks pretty... Uh, then the robots attack, uh, all the humans and the robots get killed, but the girl, Alexa, is shot, so the now-reformed robot tries to save her by plugging her into the Matrix because, you know, he kind of fell in love with her, with that version of her in that universe of the Matrix, So and he tries to reach out to her, she flips absolute shit and screams, Then she just dies. So now we're left with this robot. This robot. Who is brainwashed against it's will. In a world. Where it belongs to nowhere. Because the humans. Aren't going to accept. Aren't going to accept them. But now neither are the robots. Because the robots aren't on his side. I don't think. It was a short. I was a particularly. Big fan of. But it did bring up an interesting discussion, and it made me think, it made me think, It really isn't all, isn't that all we can ever do, is to think, think for once in your fucking life, huh, have you done that, have you thought, have you thought about what you're doing, have you thought about what you're doing with your time, have you ever considered that, maybe you shouldn't be doing what you're doing right now, that, I don't know, maybe talking into a microphone at two o'clock in the morning, like, talking about, like, an animated movie that came out in 2003, and then a Pokemon game immediately after, is a good idea, huh? You really think people are going to use their time to listen to you talk about this kind of stuff, because you have an itching and burning passion to create something, but you're too afraid to do something like streaming, or going into YouTube, or doing anything by yourself, and putting yourself out there? Do you really think people want to hear that? Do you really think people want to hear you bring your soul out like that? Just lay yourself bare? You think people give a shit about something like that? Uh, Final Flight of the Osiris uh, is the last short, uh, this was the one shown before Dreamcatcher, and it looks really fucking good for 2003 CG, but I found out why, it's by fucking Square Enix, well, I say Square Enix, it was Square at the time, I think this was before the merger, but it was by their now defunct garbage dickhead dumbass, uh, American Film Studio Uh which was created because of uh Spirits Within, a movie that sucks fat fucking schlong. But uh it was also but it was directed by Andrew R. Jones. Uh he was a part of the the team that did Avatar in the Jungle Book. Eh good for him. By the way, uh Matriculate is by DNA Productions, the the guys that did Jimmy Neutron. Um Final Fly of the Osiris is fine. Found out it's literally just a prequel to Enter the Matrix, which was a a video game. I don't know, humans Humans like get found out. Like they find out that there's a big drill about to like drill in this sh- Zion, Shion, whatever the big city fucking city is, so they go to stop it, they all die, but they get the warning out, and that was the Animatrix, uh, I highly recommend the Animatrix, it's a fantastic anthology, uh, it is way less interesting if you hear someone else describe it to you, it is a thing you have to see to actually believe. Um Yeah, I don't know, I really liked it. Uh what else have I done? I played Pokemon Shining Pearl. It was okay. Uh I didn't I had Pokemon Diamond as a kid. Wasn't that great? Uh, I, well, I never beat it because as a kid with RPGs, if I didn't play them after a certain amount of time, I felt the compulsive desire to completely restart them and begin anew so I can play them all in one go, or at the very least within like a more recent time frame than what I was doing. But uh, then you just get caught in a vicious cycle and then you just stop playing it altogether. The first Pokemon game I ever beat was Black 2. I'm 27, and that was my first Pokemon game that I beat. That's ridiculous. It's stupid. I don't like being a late bloomer. Uh, It's probably one of the... Uh, Shining Pearl is probably one of the least interesting Pokemon games I've ever played, because, especially on Switch... Uh, cause I've played Let's Go Pikachu, i played Pokemon Sword, uh, Shining Pearl has this weird, like, resolution issue, like, it looks really blurry and pixelated, it doesn't look high def at all, like, I know for a fact the Switch can do better, especially with a Nintendo published game, uh, so that's mostly purely on Game Freak, or whichever was the studio that actually worked on the remake, because I know Game Freak doesn't work on every single Pokemon game, but, uh... I don't know, it looks weird, man. Like, all the models look like... weird, unlit, friggin'... like, renders. It has, like, no, like, like, visual flair to it, like... Like, say what you will about Pokemon Sword and Shield. I know a lot of people have an issue with the way that game looks, especially with, like, open environments, but those character models look good. Like, they're very much heavily shaded, uh, they react correctly to light, they don't look like, I don't know, fucking GameCube, (laughs) like model renders not not like in-game GameCube like stuff I mean like the kind of stuff you'd see like on a fucking cover like I, I don't know how to describe it it's like really grayed wash out oddly plasticky and smooth it's so fucking bizarre every character looks like that and it uses this like little chibi art style which isn't necessarily bad like I guess in a sense it's faithful. To remake Diamond and Pearl in that style. The problem is that if the game's so fucking low res, when you zoom in on the character models, which this game does because it has cutscenes technically. The fucking faces are like the eyes, the mouths. You can see the pixelation and where the masking was is supposed to be. It's insane. I'm not really like a graphics visual guy personally. Um I, like, I don't necessarily care if a game isn't, like, the highest fidelity thing ever made, as long as the art direction and general, like, styling is good, like, they're either able to, like, hide their weaknesses, or it's charming enough to where I can kind of look past it, this kind of thing's a little bit, like, a like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, it's not objective subjective, oh my god, read a fucking thesaurus or dictionary, Jesus Christ, but, you know, I don't usually care about that, but with this, it's extremely noticeable, and the fact that it's like a full-priced game, eh. but the game itself is still fun, it's Pokemon, Uh, it's not one of my favorite regions, uh, it's, the environments aren't really that fun, but, I don't know, it's Pokemon, it's fun to play, it's, it's good, it's a good game to give your little cousin Billy for his birthday, I'm really far from the mic, I need to work on that, next episode I'll work on that, I like relaxing in my chair, I have a nice chair, it's a League of Legends chair. I don't play League of Legends, but it's a nice chair. It's very comfortable. When I'm hunched over like a goblin in front of my USB mic. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's the final boss is hard. That Elite Four and Cynthia are kind of fucked up. I had to use Mew as a uh, as like TM fodder for every weakness that she had. But... It's good. It's a good game, I guess. I wouldn't pay $60 for it. I want Arceus. I want Arceus real bad. That game looks like a lot of fun. I don't know when I'll be able to get it, get it but... Uh, you guys will be the first to know. If I do. I don't know. Am I still in the thick of it? Uh, yes. I have so much more bullshit. Uh... This one was more of a, a planned out, like, kind of episode. I I'm I want to use it as, excu- as an excuse to actually engage with all the things that I fucking have, but I'm not going to talk about every sing- single little fucking thing. I'll probably talk about, like, one or two things, like, a week. Maybe one or two movies, or, like, a game, or, like, something. Just something that I've been doing. Uh, So that way I can prove that I'm not in the fucking thick of it, uh, thank you so much for listening, I am Hunter, I am also Spider Slash, on Twitter, at Spider Slash, and Spider Slash dot com, a website that I don't really update anymore, but I do kind of still want to, I kind of miss writing, and you know, it's what, uh, hello? Hello?